Hello, and welcome to Drunk Bitches and Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy. And I'm Michelle, your host. Welcome, drunk delegates. We have a lot to get to tonight, but first, what are we drinking, Mishy? We have a little special. We have a little special something, something. We have some special margarita glasses that we had made, and Ray will tell us about those here in just a sec. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Okay, so we have the first edition of the Stay Tipsy, My Friends Margarita Glasses. Posted pictures on our Facebook page if you want to take a look at them. Beautiful. And if you like them, you too can order one. You can get drunk with your bitches. Order them from Glitter and Glam Flamingo Stand. They are a friend of the pod and we love them. Shout out to Glitter and Glam Flamingo Stand. Thank you, Glitter and Glam. These are absolutely perfect and they're gold and black. We have a picture up. So we do. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Just check them out. <laughs> so we had some margaritas to kind of de-cherry our glasses ah! here. I love it. We're third round in. We're third round in. We've been drinking. We didn't had unfrozen margaritas on the rocks. On the rocks. Two rounds of on the rocks. Hello, margarita. Hello, margarita. <laughs> and I've been, I've been slowly adding more tequila as time goes by. And we have frozen now the Michelle made. Michelle is making the most bomb margaritas. Uh, you did a really good job. I'm really proud of myself. I'm really proud of you. Did, didn't you squeeze these limes yourself? I did. Yes. I squeezed like 15 limes. So the best thing I've ever purchased. Do you ever purchase like a little kitchen item that you just fall in love with? No. No? Uh-huh. I do. Well, y'all know I like to cook. I like <laughs> yes, to cook for I, y'all. I do know what that is. Yeah, I like to cook for y'all. And oh, now, I have a microwave. <laughs> oh, my God. Sad. 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 But y'all, y'all see my little, it's not a juicer, but y'all see my little... It's a little like, pressure. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And, you know, used to you had the, like, contraption where you put a lemon or orange in it, and you'd, like, take the two prongs and visual. Or tongs, whatever. And this, I'll tell you what, it's hard to squeeze podcast. It is, it hard. is, yeah. So you um, did incredibly well. And the tequila that you used to make this is the Esplan tequila. And I believe we actually have the Day of the Dead bottle. It comes with um, a fighting cock on the bottle. That's, fitting. What, that's what they call it. <laughs> fitting for me and Michi, for sure. Fitting for us. <laughs> and it's very delicious. And I wanted to give a couple of facts about tequila. Is, Just, is the cock fighting over us? Ah, it is with the sword and all, honey. <laughs> I wanted to give some fun facts about tequila uh, that were posted on the website of Esplan. I'm going to be Just quiet to... about the fighting cock because my mom listens to this show. She's listened to enough. She, she knows. She, she knows, knows she, at this point. She knows you like cock. She, <laughs> she knows. Versus Hi, the, Mama the... Harmon. <laughs> Hi, Mama Harmon. Sorry. Your daughter's a whore. Yeah. And her no. friends are filthy mouths. You yes. already know this. But we love you. Mm-hmm. My daughter listens to this show too. Oh God, you're like five shades of red. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Your daughter listens to this show. We've said worse things around her. Hi, London. I wanted to give. Oh my God. It's, she's crimson right now. Yeah. I wanted to give some fun facts and get ready to get crimson marks. These are some fun facts. Okay. okay. Fun facts. Fun facts. So, fun fact number one, tequila is made from the blue agave plant. So, when you're looking for a bottle of tequila like Michelle did here tonight, you're supposed to look for 100% blue agave tequila printed on your bottle label. 
This means it's the real deal. So good job, Michelle. Girl, I know my tequilas. <laughs> we ain't getting no swaza tonight. <laughs> That's when I was back in the broke days. Ah. Even though, and I know we are in a bougie. In a bougie. But not when you're drinking margaritas. Not, not when uh, you're drinking uh, tequila. You this, will, you'll be hurting tomorrow. We'll talk about here too. Another fact is that the piña, which translates to pineapple, or the heart of the blue agave plant, can weigh as much as 200 pounds when oh, harvested. That's a big bitch. <laughs> 200 pounds. This core is where all the delicious magic begins when starting the process of making tequila. Mm. Uh, a machete used to chop agave leaves is called a coa, and the people who wield them are called himidors. It takes special skills to be a himidor, like being able to identify a ripe agave, which takes between 8 and 12 years to mature. Wow. There's a tequila called El Himidor. Oh, Himidor. it's probably mm-hmm. named after these yeah. fabulous heroes. Yes. And apparently it's back-breaking work, so the himidors only work shifts of between two to four hours broken wow. up because it's very, I mean, it's 200 pounds. It's of, very labor-intensive. Yes, it's very wow. labor-intensive. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the most expensive bottle of tequila sold was the platinum and white gold tequila bottle sold by Tequila Lay for $225,000. I don't know, but for that amount of money, it better not give me a hangover. I better not get sick. I better, it better have, it better be the answer to all my prayers, okay? Oh my goodness. Very interesting stuff. Tequila was a cure for more than just the Mondays. During the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, patients were instructed to drink tequila with lime and salt to ease their symptoms. I mean, that's a remedy I can get behind. <laughs> I don't know that it actually cured it, but it definitely made you feel better Well, you dying. it's just like how you take NyQuil when you have the flu and stuff, right? Because right. alcohol helps you sleep. Right. And right. the best thing you can do when you have the flu or any kind of sickness like that is right. to sleep. Mm. Gives your body time to heal. So that's yes, probably what... Right. Exactly. If not, it just knocked you out while you <laughs> It just yeah. knocked you out. Give me time to recuperate. I was thinking <laughs> to die. <laughs> Today, tequila isn't considered a cure... But it might still help soothe a sore throat or ease congestion and aid with sleep, just like we talked about. Uh, so you definitely, if you want, get you a nice nap, honey. Throw back some tequila shots. <laughs> uh, Which I do have for us later on if we want. Yes. I, I, I bought, we got Patron. I did. I did. I got some silver Patron. While lime and salt are a staple with tequila shots in the U.S., tequila drinkers in Mexico tend to... Sip and savor their tequila rather than take shots. Come on, Mexico. What the fuck are y'all doing? That's what's where's the fun in that? Right? Because this is this I thought this was a super fun fact for those who are listening who, you know, might be cutting down. It's tequila comes kind of guilt-free. According to researchers, the sugars found in agave plants and thus tequila may be linked to weight loss. All right. So, so that is a margarita day keeps the diabetes away. <laughs> and so you you can definitely shoot this stuff and have a little drop of lemon, drop of lime and be guilt-free. You can get your that summer body in the winter time cuz you know in the summer we didn't have the summer bodies. They've been right. they, that was postponed. We run we run it was summer 2020. I never oh. said summer 2019, okay? So um another fact Professional tequila testers, tasters, hello tequila, 
don't swallow. As they say, if you're tasting scores of like tequila right? in a day, <laughs> you'd be better than it. I don't After even know if that's true. Or not. I'm, just, I'm just teasing. I just threw that out there because it makes you turn red. Because it makes you turn red. She doesn't seem that fun. Yeah. <laughs> Headed to San Francisco, ladies. I think we need to take this trip because Tommy's Mexican restaurant in San Francisco offers a master's and PhD in tequila. What do you have to do, you ask? Gee, just in luck, because I have the answer. Oh, good. You'll need to taste at least 70 tequilas. Oh, my and God. And pass an exam. <laughs> oh, Dios mio. Wow. <laughs> and pass an exam to get your PhD and travel to Mexico to achieve the rank of demigod. I want this for us. Rank of demigod. I want this oh for God. us, Michelle. Oh. This is the life God wants us to live. Yes. Okay. And I have just one more fact for you guys before I let you go. By law, genuine tequila must have hencho and Mexico, made in Mexico, mm-hmm. on the bottle. If it does not, then it cannot be considered real tequila, right. guys. So this is real important. And Michelle, you did a bang-up job because you hit all the marks on this. And this Esplan bottle is delicious. It makes the best margaritas. I already fact-checked her. Did she you did fact-check good. it? I did. She did an incredible hecho. job. Hecho in Invisado in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. You did. I mean, the girl knows her tequila. She did a yes, good job. You want to give us the price point for this thing? Um, that one I believe was thirty one ninety nine. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's, it's jug size is yes. what I would say. How many ounces is this bottle? Uh, seven hundred fifty milliliters. So the yeah, same okay. size as a bottle of wine, standard yeah, bottle right. of wine. Okay. And we've already drank half. And of we've it. already had half of it. <laughs> and also, for tequila to be considered tequila, it has to have. Uh, 35% alcohol and above for it to be considered tequila. And what is ours? Ours is 40. Yeah, baby. Did a good job. So a little different than our uh, 15%, 14%. Right. uh, Yeah, wine. Which is probably why we're all feeling like really good right now. And, you know. Delicious. Good job, Michelle. And I hope you guys enjoyed those fun facts about tequila. I did. I didn't know some of that stuff myself. I didn't either. I mean, I knew about the agave plant, but I didn't know all the details about it. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Michi. Lord said the new every day. The more you know. <laughs> Let's get into it, girls. Let's do this. I know we want to talk about the shootings that our country has experienced starting last week. Yeah. So yes. starting actually last Friday, and obviously stuff had gone on. No, it was last Saturday. So it was last Saturday. And it sorry. happened while last we were recording. Apologize. Er. People were out shopping. That's right. Mm. And we were potting, so we, it was just the facts weren't out yet. Um, and I'm sure by now everybody has the facts, but uh, we kind of wanted to dive into El Paso, Dayton, but then just more so the aftermath. Yeah, because the Dayton shooting actually happened while we were recording. We didn't even right, know right. about it until, until after, after we left. Because it was in that entertainment district at night. Right. I don't know if, um, if we want to separate the two or if we want to just talk about them joined together as far as, you know... I'm sure most of our drug delegates know have the gist of, yes. of you know El Paso was a white male that drove all the way from fucking Allen, Texas, which is not that far from here. No, it's our neck of the woods. It's our neck of yeah, the woods. It's a ten-hour drive, nine-half-hour drive, but specifically drove all the way to El Paso to go to that Walmart near the mall because that Walmart is, of course, visited by. A lot of Mexican nationals, but also, I think, the percentage of El Paso. 
and the percentage yeah. of Latinos that are in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, specifically drove to El Paso to murder. To massacre people. Yes. Essentially. Right. And, and, and people of, of, of Latin descent. Right. Yeah. And he, he knew what, that it wasn't going to be very difficult yeah. for him because some of these families have been here for generations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, God, someone told me El Paso was El Paso before Texas was even Texas. I'd believe it because that's how historic the town is. There so, are families in El Paso, a lot of families that have been there since it was Mexico. Right. And there's um, a word for, for those of us. I mean, I know most of our listeners are Texans, but for some that don't. There is a word to describe people who's of our Hispanic descent who were here before Texas was part of the U.S. Right. It's Tejano. Yeah. And people don't really always think about that, but that's right. what that really means, is that they were the original Texans. They're native like, to yeah. this here land. Yes. Following that, that evening, we have the crazy guy in, I don't know, I hate to even say crazy. Just the It sounds like you're almost shit. giving them a pass. I know. The piece you of know? shit um, guy in Dayton, Ohio, shot his... Own sister as well, and I don't know if that was intentional or it was. It was yes. Yeah, apparently, was there was some deep-rooted family drama okay. there. She also, this trans male. I thought, or am I mixing that up with somebody else? Um, no, I don't remember that detail. Okay. It could okay. be, it could be valid. We'll we'll look it up. Yeah. But then this one also of the only the people who were shot there were overwhelmingly black, and the white people happened to be the sister and her boyfriend. Okay. And I don't remember who the third person was, but it just but seems like it's such a trend. Right. And I mean, it's Dayton, Ohio, you know, yeah. like it's, you, it's just like El Paso. You're going to find a large population of people there. Yeah. It's, it's just disturbing. In less than 24 hours, we had 29 to 31 people dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you find? So I did find it was, the. this is where we were hearing the kind of conflicting things is that the Dayton shooter did kill his sister, who identified as a transgender man. Mm. And the reason why I'm using sister is that this is the way that his family had identified him. Okay. So it's you're going to see conflicting things is that sometimes you'll see listed sister, his sister, sometimes, trans. But sometimes okay. you'll see trans man. So but it, he his, identified as male. Well, we'll be right. respectful to right. that. Yeah. But this was the sibling. Let's just say the sibling, the sibling. of the shooter. Yes, the sibling yeah. of the shooter. And that's probably why it was confusing because the media keeps repeating sister. Sister, I Because that's right. what the family says. That's all yes. the family is saying, but the so, friends of the victim yeah. are saying um, him. So the, the first thing, obviously, that pops into my mind, just because we are Texans and everything, right. the aftermath is, um, and we shared it on our Facebook page, I think a lot of people saw it and shared it as well, was uh, Beto O'Rourke's response to... Yes. The, not not just the El Paso shooting, which was phenomenal. I mean, he immediately went back and... I mean, all of us have been around Beto mm-hmm. um, at, at DBAT, so we know that this is a man who is not going back to El Paso to get photo ops. Right. Not at all. This is his home. He was born and raised there. Like, he knows people there, I guarantee you, by six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Everybody that was injured or, or killed... Everybody in El Paso either knows that person or knows somebody who knows them. Um, And I'm sure Beto's no different, along with his wife and his kids. Yeah, he did the right thing going back home and being there. But when he was asked by the press, you know, what do you think about the Trump, you know, Orange Man, I didn't say Orange Man, but Mm -hmm. I I can't stand saying his name. He doesn't deserve a real name. Um, And Beto went off on them, right? Mm -hmm. Which um, I thought was phenomenal. A great response. But I think also, I think he, 
he sounded agitated as to like, why are you asking me this right. kind of question? 20 some odd people were just killed. Right. Dozens more were injured. And you become one of campaign right now. Right. And this right. is your fucking question for me. Right. Very right? disrespectful. I, and I love the fact that he put the media in their fucking place. Because we all know the media does have a part and they played a part in the orange man's rise. Oh, absolutely. To fame and to his presidency. Just like they've played a part in the rise of white supremacy. Yes. They sensationalized this right. shit because it, it's, it's polarizing. People watch it in awe and they're disturbed and it gives them the ratings that they're looking for. So they definitely play a part for yeah. sure and rightfully frustrated. So for anyone that didn't see what the exchange was with Beto and the reporter, uh, the reporter asked... Is there anything in your mind that the president can do now to make this any better? And Beto responded, what do you think? You know the shit he's been saying. He's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. I don't know, like members of the press. What the fuck? Hold on a second. You know, I, it's these questions that you know the answers to. I mean, connect the dots about what he's been doing in this country. He's not tolerating racism. He's promoting racism. He's not tolerating violence. He's inciting racism and violence in this country. So, um, you know, I just, I don't know what kind of question that is. And and then he doubled down the next morning on MSNBC. He did. He on, said, I stand on, by what I said. Yeah. I mean, he, what he said, he said in the in the heat of the moment. He was impassioned and frustrated over everything that he happened. He just got broken. through doing a vigil. Yes. Right. I, and saw, and saw that's that. the fucking question that somebody from the media has for him. Right. Right? Morning with... People in the Sun City of El Paso, mm-hmm. right? His his people, his community. That's the question. Anyway, I just and I mean, it was just a tone deaf time to ask the question, even though I felt like it was a valid question. Trump, it is the the onus is on Trump to do something to stop this because right. he started it. Yeah. Because per the shooter, who won't be named here because we don't have time for that bullshit on this podcast. I don't know his name, and I don't want to know his name. In the affidavit. He states, I'm the shooter, and I was here to target Mexicans. And all of this is influenced by the fact that the president has been using language like infestation. And the words that he uses in here was that I wanted to... Invaders. And that's what he says, Uh was that I wanted to stop a Hispanic invasion of Texas. Mm -hmm. That is... Whose words are those, y'all? Right. Right. It's pretty sick. Yeah. And you're... Well, and I would say not just the orange man, but I would say several people from the GOP. Right. It's not just if if it's it not is, at best they're complicit. Yeah. If you're not saying anything or you're not talking about this stuff, you're complicit in these kinds of actions because this isn't the first mass shooter who's come out and basically regurgitated the president's statements about why they're doing what they're doing. Right. So yeah, we we need to hear what he thinks about all of these things that he's influenced. For him to just stand in front of the lawn and talk about how he's going to go on vacation and maybe we'll talk about gun reform when he gets back. Yeah. Right. <sighs> that was... Um, so, just a, a quick side fact. Um, as I was watching the Patriot Act with um, Hassan Minaj, I thought this was very interesting. I'd never seen these statistics before, and they've been out since 2017, from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. When, when any t- anytime this happens, what's the first thing that everybody starts talking about? Gun reform, right? Right. And then, and then all of a sudden, then you got the NRA, and then you got all the, the you know, 
nope, take you, take my guns from my, you know, cold dead hands. <laughs> There's a vicious cycle, right? Right. Trump calls them the invaders, invasion, infestation, blah blah blah. Okay. These are individuals who are fleeing countries that we have fucked up. The right? world, countries that are war torn because of us. In 2017, when the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives did traces of guns that they've confiscated, 29% were in Guatemala, mm. 49% were in Salvador. Wait, they're from 40, those countries? No. no 40, okay. Yeah, when they traced, they found them in those countries. Okay. Tw- 29% of those guns in Guatemala, 49% of those guns in El Salvador, and 46% of those guns in Honduras guess where they were made here right so somehow we make guns here they get their way down there and then they wreak havoc they mm-hmm. tell what who whatever mm-hmm. so if we want to wonder why the nra is as passionate as they are it's not so you and i can keep our guns right mm-hmm. this is all about money Big shocker. business shocker right right that the gop would have a lobby foundation, non-for-profit. Mm. Yeah, that's that. It's all about money. They they could give two shits about your Second Amendment right. Right. They just use that. Oh, and there's the NRA has been given plenty of times so to stand up for people. Cycle. So they they so it's the guns are made here, then they go down there, right? Then we destroy those countries with those guns, and then we wonder why people are fleeing to our country, it's seeking asylum, yeah. right? No, that, you're absolutely right about that because the NRA has been given plenty of opportunities to actually stand up for people for their gun rights. Like in Philando's case, who was, was uh, yep. legally carrying person. Crickets. Nothing. Right. Crickets. Because it doesn't suit the agenda. They, why would they come out and defend a black man who owns a gun? Right. Why would they do that? Legally, like legally. owns a gun. So this is problematic. And then we've had some talks where Trump is saying that he's once... Common sense gun laws reform. Bullshit. He just he just kept repeating the same words like common sense laws that work, and then realizing that this is he's never going to do this because one he's already made us this promise way back when when we had the last shooting. Um, it's so yes after after Parkland Parkland, that he Mm -hmm. told us that he would do that when he never did that anyway, and then secondly, it's not a platform. It's not it's not congruent for a lack of a better term to the platform that he presents. His base isn't going for any of this yeah. shit. There's even a discrepancy between what he and Mitch McConnell had a conversation about today because he was saying he talked to Mitch and Mitch was like, I've been waiting for your call. I'm all for that. And then when Mitch gets interviewed, he was like, Yeah, well, you know, you know. Like we got like we just because if we wanna pass there's a there is a bill right now. That just passed through mm-hmm. the house that is waiting for Mitch McConnell to go ahead and execute bipartisan his son bipartisan, pass. but he's not gonna do that. So does this is don't sell us this bullshit. Like yeah. I said last week, this is a bag of shit on fire that's being sold to us. I heard that they were gonna try to put it on the floor when he was out with his hurt shoulder. Oh. Because if he's not if he's not there. Oh, no, I'm not complaining. Did I was just talking else... about the shoulder thing. Oh, like, poor thing. It's the only the time arm. he ever puts yeah. something on the floor. Did somebody, I mean, did somebody trip him, like, intentionally? So then they... They no, did a so poor job. If he's... Yeah. Right. If if he's not there, 
then who is responsible for putting a bill on the floor then? Who's second in command under Mitch? Right. I don't know who it is. It's in some other, you know, fuck shit. Shit, I'm sure. Exactly. Republican. <laughs> we'll have to find out that you yeah. I wonder if it's the minority leader. Well, that would be us then. That would be us, maybe. That would be Chuck. Yeah. But, I, but, I don't think but so. it doesn't get that good. Yeah. I don't think it works that way. Uh, so we'll have to. Yeah. But, and that was just a rumor. Yeah. So that they were going to try to put it on the floor when he was gone. Right. Because they knew they'd probably would get it passed. Right. Um, and then I was like, well, did somebody hurt him intentionally then? Ooh, Apparently he just happen. fell. He just fell because, you know, the that crushing shell. weight of bigotry is not good for the bones. And they finally just snapped. Broke right underneath. <laughs> Should have broke his ass, too. Devil tripped over his tail. Just, it happens sometimes. <laughs> but it's an important conversation that it's like, I hate finding myself here all the time. After each and every shooting where we're like, okay, are we or are we going to not? And it's... Whether it's like tinfoily or whatever, I'm starting to feel frustrated on both sides. That I kind of feel like this has become a political bargaining tool on both yeah. sides. Like, it's an issue that's part of the platform on the Republican side. And it's an issue on our side that rouses up the base. And it's like, I, I get to this point where I feel so jaded. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is just a political bargaining tool that is useful to both sides. Or are we right. actually going to do something? Yeah. So, I'm just, I'm just really frustrated. Well, and then I also wonder, too, the the laws that we're going to pass, I mean, so the, and I'll, I'll apologize, I don't even know what the bill that the House passed. Was it red fat, red flag, oh my God, that was horrible, red flag, hello, Margarita. <laughs> red flag laws, some, yes. some universal background okay. stuff. Okay. Just the stuff okay, so that what, 98% so of we're, Americans were, can we, get. Were we going to, okay, so they were trying to ban Right. No, it wasn't okay. a ban. It was just like doing your due diligence. Do your due diligence more. All the different agencies need to talk to each okay. other. So if you're being discharged out of the military and it's like, you know what, this guy shouldn't get a weapon. Maybe the local police department should know about yeah. it. Maybe that you know that this person should be having a weapon, and that the people are all talking to each other yeah. about who should be having guns and who should not. And I know to some people that sounds like it's very restrictive, but. Some people should not have guns. And right. it's, it's just like when, when someone's caught drinking and driving, you should not be behind a wheel. It's right. just the well, same sentiment. So I have a question for you. Okay, so as a, and I, I know you can't possibly know absolutely everything that you're right. supposed to know as a, a green card holder. Right. But are you allowed to own a gun? Yes, legally. Okay, so you can legally own I a gun and stuff like that. Okay. Yes. Because okay. I was just thinking about the situation. She has to abide by the same rules, rules. and laws. Like, can't okay. be a felon. Gotcha. Age okay. limit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Have yes. to have whatever state you're in. Have to have the proper license. Yes. Proper license. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm. Tequila. Tequila. It's hit my. It's hit my tongue and my like. You can't blame it on the tan and tonight. I can't. Blame it on the agave, honey. Yeah. Blame it on the agave. Universal background checks, absolutely. But I, I also, I'm just, I don't know. I always kind of like back up a, a lot of the gun laws. This just because specific I know bill it hurts. really didn't have anything to do with like sentencing okay. or anything. We didn't even gotten okay. there. We're just okay. trying to make sure that we know who we're putting guns in the hands okay. of. Yeah, and that's smart. That's where and, we are. And we also know too that since 2000, well, since the Orange Man took place, the State Department, I know. That'll never get old. 
that the State Department is so underemployed. Right. Right? In right. the FBI. Right. right. Homeland. So, homeland. So they're not able... Like, we talked th- about that in a previous well, episode. Yeah. Everybody's acting. So they're, like, just the guy that they caught in front of the El Paso Detention Center. Yeah, that was news that happened today, I believe. Yeah. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. Wearing blue surgical gloves. Weird. Suspect. Yeah. Heavily armed and wearing armor. And the cop showed up. He had a knife and yes. he had a gun. Yes. And he was in a truck that, sorry if this paints you in a bad light, but it was covered with Trump stickers and, and labels and stuff like right. that. And then a massive Ted Cruz campaign yeah. banner. Who wants fried bacon like on his uh, AR-15? What a fucking... Who fries bacon on his AR-15? Yeah. I was God, such an idiot. Anyway. But now I wonder, is that guy on the list now? Right? Because he was taken into custody and then let go. Like, I Is mean, he being watched? Like, is he on the right. domestic terrorist list? Right. Of which we always have a... Tr- First of all, he's alive. And you know why he's alive. Because he's white. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, probably had something Well, wasn't even way. detained. He was, like, let go. It was just like, okay. He was taken into custody and then let go, like, within the hour. Because he hadn't done anything wrong. Right. They couldn't legally hold him. I'm like, mm. I think if he'd been black, you would have found probable something. cause. I think you would have found something to hold him. Yeah. And we also have a really big issue with like designating these shootings as like domestic terrorism because it's always like, oh, it's, it's a lone crazed gunman right. who was just unhinged. Mm-hmm. No, this is domestic terrorism. But El Paso, they are looking into doing it like that, which is actually a it's science. all it's and been Dayton it's already well? been designated as a domestic. Okay. That's how they're treating it. And Dayton. As I'm well. not I sure don't know that they said it for sure. Last I checked, they oh, had said it. Oh, and what was the thing? So I, I've, um, I don't know if y'all saw this or not. How when they were talking about the the shooter in Dayton, mm-hmm. they were trying to slip it in that he had a Twitter handle that supposedly was a Elizabeth Warren fan, but they hadn't made the connection yet. And I was oh, like, get I was like are you, you fucking kidding me? He, the, he has right. ties to a Twitter handle, so you don't know if he if that's his Twitter handle. But they're gonna start dropping gems because that was the that was one of the first things that the orange man said. Well, I'm not blaming Elizabeth Warren for the shooting in Dayton. Well, and Elizabeth was, and Warren hasn't like, exactly incited violence on a group of people. Yeah, the only violence yeah. she's excited incited it was against maybe an Office Depot or a Staples trying to get a bunch of fucking binders for all her <laughs> plans. Right. <laughs> So, how very fucking dare you, sir, with that. So, yes, for sure. What's the whataboutism? Like, and I mean, at its finest, right? Oh, God, A-chan is going to be the death of me. But A-chan's going to go away. It's This is where most of this fucking bullshit is always posted. But see, that's the thing is that the cloud server that was hosting A-chan said, no, we're done. You guys can't police yourselves. We're done. They lost their thing. And Whatever. What happened to 4chan? Did the same thing happen 4chan to them? 4chan stands still exists. Okay. What's, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> it's it's the deep dark web. We just hopped from thing to thing. It's the weird internet world. I'm a dare caught headlights right now for people who can't see me. So 8chan is the weird internet world where people can post anything and they might, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're talking about the latest season of Big Brother, but I seriously doubt it. They, they can literally they post oh, anything. Oh, where they the El Paso anything. shooter had yes. put, okay, yes. okay, H, okay. Yes. I thought you were saying like the letter H and then the letter N. No. And I was like, headline news? 8chan, 8chan, 4chan. <laughs> and 
this is all a platform for people who have just fucked up shit to say. Uh, are you done yeah. coughing? <coughs> I'm just confident my idiocy. Oh, I was like, I was it's like okay. hey, she's like, we're at Boys H and going away. I'm like, headline news? HSN, Home Shopping Network, I'm getting their shit. Subscribe. Sorry. All of these platforms where people, it's like, you could easily go on there and say people lay out all of these plans for all of this fuck shit that they're doing. And I just find I'm all for internet and freedom. But I hate that these people get to find a platform to post all of their shit. Like, you can execute a massacre of people and then just post your manifesto. Like, people give a fuck about who you are. Like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? So. And somebody I'm friends with on Facebook had found the uh, files of the conversations from 8chan. And she said, these are disgusting. Like, I read through a couple of things and I was like, I can't read anymore because my brain's going to rot. Yeah, I read it's a couple and I was like, I can't. It's disturbing. It's, it was very I mean, disturbing. Right. I, I, I agree that, oh God, it, it's a very fine line for me because if you don't know what to look for, then how do you know what to look for? Well, but evidently we're not so, looking for anything because we're not catching these people. Well, no, before. not right now. So in a previous episode, I had talked about the fact that there was so many people that were the acting chief of this, the acting this, people, just slots of people that were missing. And all of this had to do with the fact that we weren't able to look up these domestic ter- terrorism things. Yeah. And this is all, you reap what you sow. Like, you lose all these people, you don't have anyone doing the job, and what the fuck do you expect is going to happen? So, I have a tinfoil hat theory about that. Oh, God. We're full of tinfoil hats today. Act now. Act now. If you need a tinfoil hat, just (laughs) comment in below. below, (laughs) And I will mail you a freaking tinfoil hat. So, I think they want chaos. And when I say they, I mean the Steve Bannons. They They want chaos. They want because because they don't care. I mean, even if there's even if there's a few white people, right, sprinkled in there, God, to get he just want to watch the world burn. Well, no, I mean Steve Bannon actually said that long before he even was in part of the Orange Man's circle or whatever. Right. Um, he was also snubbed by Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So, but I I think that they're okay with that because what happens in chaos? Um, people, first of all. He'll stay in office, right? right he's secured. Change he's, chaos. Yeah, he secures his next four years. It's like when we go to war or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which will which will be the next thing if this doesn't work. But I think also <sighs> they want the, they want us fighting amongst ourselves, right? Which because happening, yeah, oh, for sure, right? And and they want these lone gunmen or whatever, right, to wreak havoc mm-hmm. because in fear. People become more reliant on the state. Protect me. I need your help. I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I have to lock myself up in my house. Mm-hmm. And all of those things, right? right? Because when you when people are scared and fearful, they will do not normal things. Right? They'll live in a police mm-hmm. state because it's safer. They don't right. mind tanks, they don't mind tanks driving down their, uh, their streets. As long and as they it don't makes mind them feel safe. Right. And they don't mind military like police in their Martial neighborhoods law, and they don't mind uh armed guards at their schools right which is happening this year in the state of texas the school santa fe is it santa fe 
the yeah. school. Yeah. Santa Fe shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they got funding to get mm-hmm. more armed guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's going to help. Um, <clears throat> but that's what I'm saying. Like, that, I, and I don't even know if that's and tenfold then what's hat. Happen if I don't even know if that's tenfold hat. I think if you'd asked, if I'd said that a year ago, you might have called me tenfold hat. But I'm like, open your fucking eyes. It is what's happening. And it's... Right. Putting more armed guards in school is more likely that that armed guard is going to end up shooting somebody who hasn't even really done anything. And, and who do you think that's going to be, Machine? Oh, think it's going to be a little white? No. A white, no. the white quarterback of the football team? No, absolutely right. not. No. Yeah. Well, and then to what you're saying, I mean, this is one of the things that Sean Hannity was talking about this week is calling for a virtual police state of armed ex-cops and military right. to surround schools and shopping malls to prevent mass shootings. Right. Having them on every floor of every school saying that they should volunteer for 15 hours a week in exchange for paying. Fucking Handmaid's no Tale. Jesus. Yes. It's fucking. Then we'll be walking into the fucking the eyes. Stone Bar Mall and being like under his eye, bitch. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's so problematic. I can't. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, that's, that's my, that's my tinfoil. And I mean, theory. you can just like kind of see it. And one of the things like, but uh, real quick, which, what's scary about that is that Sean Hannity saying that on Fox News, we know the president gets his policy ideas from Fox News. Fox News. And Sean and him talk every almost Oh, yeah, that's his more of his advisor than any of the advisors. Yeah. So what do we do? I don't know. And I, one of, what I was going to say was revolt. And another thing that I've also been noticing is that like there's starting to be like sides on this. And I've noticed that for the past couple of days... There was a question going around that was being asked of every presidential candidate. It was like, is the president a white supremacist? Is the president a white supremacist? Well, duh. Yeah, but now like that that question is out there. It, it feels like the 1960s and shit. I wasn't even born, but I'm like... Like McCarthyism and shit? This, is that what you're talking about? That's no, no, she's just talking about the fact that just, we have presidents that are oh, racist. Oh, right. That's what you're saying. Right. That's what you're saying. <clears throat> that even, yeah. when you're even having to ask that, you know, is the president a white nationalist... Or does he believe in white supremacy? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like we're finding ourselves on the divided because there's portions of people who do find the shit that he's doing not white supremacy but completely understandable on one side. And people were like, no, fuck that on another side. There's like no middle ground on this because there is no middle ground when it comes to hatred. You no. either are or you're not. So. Yeah. It's tough. We have to continue to lobby for gun laws to be safer, but it's like it's hard not to feel jaded when you feel like there's something bigger at play. When you feel like maybe no one really wants to pass gun laws, like I just yeah. it doesn't feel like there is enough. Uh, everyone is exerting as much pressure as they can, but nothing is moving the needle on this thing. Right, and has it for decades, and I'm just trying to figure out what the problem yeah. is. I guess we'll know more. I think we'll know more in 2020 when we either have the Senate or don't have the Senate or we have the White House or don't have. Uh, all right. So let's take a quick break. So real quick before we take our break, y'all remember Jen that was on our podcast to begin with. She has been very heavily involved in Moms Demand Action and she wanted us to pass this on to everyone. And we're going to share this on our Facebook and our, our other social medias. But um, for everyone that's listening that maybe doesn't follow us on social media, if you want to have an impact, if you want to hear, have your voice heard, text CHECKS, C-H-E-C-K-S, to the number 64433. And then you can call your senators and tell them to pass background checks on all gun sales. 
So having this people en masse across the country contacting their senators and doing all of this is going to really make a big difference. It really can. Awesome. Awesome. Moms Demand Action is one of the greatest organizations that's actually putting some serious pressure on the NRA. Yes. And it's wonderful. Yeah. And possibly helping bankrupt them. So Uh, Yeah. 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 Kudos. Good job. Good job, Shannon. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So now we'll take a quick break and be back. Under the table for the second half. God, these margaritas are so damn good. I'm be so They're drunk. so delicious. Michelle, you're driving home. Oh my god, no problem. They seem to not be affecting me that much. So are we calling it Exodus or Texodus? Texodus. Texodus. So uh, ex- explain all this to me, man. I know the the um, I don't know all the details. I mean, I know the gist of it is. So that we had four Texas House Republicans retire this week. So who was the first one that kicked it off? And the first one who kicked it off in order was Will Hurd. Will Hurd. Who's also the only black Republican in the House. That's interesting. And he's from, he's from South Texas. He is like, from like San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then there was Mike Conaway from Midland. And Pete Olson of Sugarland. Yes. And then our oh, from Midland. Yes. Oh. And then yeah, our very own um, Kenny Marchant yes. in 24. 24. And I like that. So the other one from Sugarland. Uh-huh. Um, do y'all remember the guy who ran against him last year? The Democrat who ran against him last year? I don't Sereen. remember. Are we potting right now? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Um, I thought so, we were just having a discussion. I don't know. Because I'm so used to, we're back, that I just... Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. No, we're just jumping right in. We're just jumping right um, into it, honey. Okay. So, Episode 20, there are no rules. What was the guy's name from uh, Sugarland again? The guy from Sugarland, his name is Pete Olson. Pete Olson, okay. Yes. So when Pete Olson ran... Um, uh, he, uh, in 2018, a guy named Shreer, S-R-I, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, mm-hmm. and I, I can't remember his last name right now, um, or pronounce it um, correctly, but his campaign actually was made national news mm-hmm. because he he himself speaks, like, I don't know, five or six different languages. Nice. Because that particular district that includes Sugarland mm-hmm. um, includes, like, five or six different nationalities ethnicities and so we also had a room full of people who were doing phone uh phone banking Mm -hmm. they all spoke all different languages so he was able to reach out to people who normally don't vote right because they just don't feel like anybody's talking to them right and he was able to reach them and he actually got he actually got really close to beating him so i'm so i I mean i'm excited that Pete is retiring but then i'm also scared like well what idiot are they gonna put in place of him well, these people are actually retiring because the demographics are not looking so good for them. And the okay. past they races... They barely won their They races. barely won. And with 24, which is the district I live in with Kenny Marchant, he barely got away by three points last cycle, which was the, the race that I managed for a little while. So this time he knew that it was probably better... To just go ahead and retire and not take that very big L mm. because now there's a bunch of really good candidates who are running 
And any one of them could be the candidate right. to take him out. Right. Look, I just want to shout out a few that we know of. There's Kim Olsen. There's Kim Olsen. There's Candace Valenzuela. There's John Began. John Began. I can't think of any others, but those are the three that I know of. Those are the three, yes. the Those really good batch of candidates that right. are running. Yeah. And then also... What's really interesting is that it's DCCC has already said that this is a race that they're watching, so they're very heavily invested, which mm-hmm. they should have been last time. Right. But they didn't decide to do it this, that time. But now they're heavily invested, and they're going to this seat is this seat is going to flip. But interesting, I don't know if you guys saw. And just a shout out to Candace, who has the best campaign video ever. Very good. Oh my god, <laughs> you. Bradley Whitburn was like. I'm in. It was exciting to see Hollywood even noticing some of our candidates in this district. That was very Well, I just loved her tagline of, he's been a representative since I was living in a kiddie pool outside of 7-Eleven. Yeah. And then you look at where she is now. Wow. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just a line that just grabs you, right? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Great campaign video. Yes, absolutely. And Kim Olsen's also had a lot of... She's money wise, she is making so She's killing it. But she definitely generates a Miss Marvel kind of <laughs> Captain feel. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Miss Marvel. Oops, sorry. <laughs> My husband. She's a, she has a strong personality. Yes. Definitely. She we, carries herself very well. And we loved her when she was running for AG. Yes. She yeah. was very well loved. So we, we definitely have a good batch of candidates in 24. Right. And so Kenny and saw the writing the, on the wall and he was just like, look. I don't want to lose. But also, <laughs> another thing that happened, just to a little bit of what you were saying, Michelle, like, oh, who are they going to put in there? Yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Beth Van Dyne, but she's decided that she's oh, running in the Republican The per- problematic mayor? Yeah. cancel mayor? Mayor of Who's homophobic, racist, all the... Anti-Muslim, all, the, all, all xenophobic, yeah. all of the shit. Decided that she's going to... She checks all of the boxes for being a bad human being. Right. And she basically, I don't know if they, it looked to me like it was pretty timed because mm-hmm. uh, when I posted that thing in Facebook, basically saying, oh, Roman is Kenny is going to retire tomorrow. She was basically signing in her resignation at HUD with Trump because she's on HUD with Trump and then announcing the next day after that she was going to be running. Oh, my goodness. So I'm pretty sure she'd gotten wind and then this is who they've decided to recruit. Of course, they're going to pick a white woman. But also, it's very tone deaf because, like, Kenny himself was problematic, but he wasn't loudly problematic. Yeah. He kind of hid in the shadows. And if you're going to bring someone who is outrageously Republican and problematic in a district that is moving farther left, shows how tone deaf you are. You're, she's very right. far extreme right. So you're not you're not following the demographics or how you're not looking at the votes. Right. Because if you, what you would do is probably bring in a moderate Republican moderate. Right. Yeah. to run and hopefully win. But you don't bring someone who's an extreme right. Because won by three points? Yes. Right. So that means that in 2018... There were still enough people who were going to vote Democrat again, right. more than likely, yeah. that did not like the Kenny. current administration, right. or Trump, right. or Kenny, or right. any of their policies. Right. Why are they going to vote for an even crazier person? Right. And this just goes to show that they're not following. They're not paying attention. Yeah. And 24 is one of those races where money isn't going to win you the race. Because if you, if you can look at the last primary race... The challenger who lost by three points didn't have a whole bunch of money. Kenny had million dollars just sitting right. there before any fundraising. 
and still won barely by three points. Yes. So if they're banking on money, it's not going to win the race right. here. And two, three, I think two or three of the House districts that overlap that, or US. sorry, of State House that overlap that congressional district. Are so, blue. Yes, they yes. went blue in yes. 2018. Uh, so there's already a lot of those, and we all know those are likely to continue to be blue. Right. So, And for yeah, anyone who's wondering portions. what we're talking about, we're talking about Texas 24, which covers H, the HEB area, which is considered Hearst, Hearst Bedford, Carrollton, Farmers Branch, Irving, portions of Dallas, Carrollton, it's a heavily gerrymandered district. Kenny actually Farmers drew Branch, that? yes, Farmers Branch actually drew the lines for this district while he was a state rep in preparation of running for Congress, so that he gerrymandered his own district and won it. And then and now he's out gerrymandered. Now, now he out gerrymandered himself. <laughs> so it's karma is pretty great because the demographics have changed. Right, and like they're changing everywhere, which is in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know that we're, we don't have, it's not a Texas podcast, right. but that's why the census is so, this 2020 election so is important. so fucking important because our census is going to go and they're going to redraw district lines and heaven help, God help us. Yes. And there was the whole debacle in Denton where the county commissioner's court tried to draw the lines. Yes. Using the voter data. Yes. From 10 years ago and yeah. people were just not having that. So it's not only them, these particular four. There's also the one black Senate Republican who said that he, if he even decides to run again this upcoming cycle, it will be his last. So there's a lot of things moving and shifting. And it does, it looks, it's very interesting how things are going and how all these people are leaving their seats and basically realizing that the writing is on the wall for them. And Texas has been a battleground state for a while it's just suffered from being a non-voting state but the votes have always right. been here for it to be a blue state or a purple state oh yeah so we're inching towards that and credit goes to beto credit goes to wendy davis and beto for slowly building that up to yeah. bring us to where we are now so this election is years and years of just hard work and preparation. It's finally where yeah. all that fruit is finally going to bear and we're going to see what's going to happen because Texas is actually considered a battleground state this time yeah. around. And wouldn't mm. it be interesting to see it go to one of the Democratic candidates this time around? God, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's, a very, it's a very strong possibility because Hillary lost the state only by nine points, which I know seems like a lot, but when you really think about the history Not of the state... You, oh, God. Yeah, I'm born and raised here, lived here all my right. life. I mean, it... Yeah. So nine points yeah. is... That was a small victory, because it was like, look look at us go. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. We can only... Can only hope. I know. Now that we're done with our liberal agenda. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what else do we have on the plate today, on the agenda? I think that's really it. I know we were talking heavily... Um, in the first half. So I think we're yeah. ready for our... There was one thing I wanted to ask you guys about. Did you see what Uncle Joe did the other day? Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Joe. Just on. stop talking. Let's, let's let's have a conversation about Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe is clearly the Guys, just fucking it up. He's the front runner of this race. And it's... Joe is, <laughs> at certain moments, running himself out of the nomination. And he's he's doing well by any means, but it's like he can't stop saying things that he shouldn't be saying. And the no, Democratic no. Party doesn't fall in line like the Republican Party. They don't. They we will cut our nose off to spite our face every fucking time. We and it's just already did started. It. Okay, it's already so started. We, 
For those that have missed it, what'd Joe say? Joe had a, he misspoke or it was a slip. He was having a conversation and he goes, well, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. And then he goes, and Asian kids and black kids. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was, was a, a bad, it, it was, was a bad paddle and a pussy pop at the last yes. minute. It was a big pause. Yes. It was between large... white and all these other kids. Yes. And it just was like, damn it, Joe, you're saying shit in the wrong order. And it's like, I understand what you were trying to say. And all of this is like, you know his intentions. You know what he was trying to say, but it doesn't make him look good. It's He's coming off very aged and like very forgetful. And just like he doesn't know where his arms are. See, I think I'm of a different mindset. I think it was a bit of a Freudian slip. You think I so? think that in his mind, when he thinks, when he imagines poor kids, he imagines mm-hmm. black and brown poor kids. And that may be could where have it's been. coming from. It could have been a Freudian sleep. Now, right. the other piece, and I hadn't realized this That's what makes it now, so fucked up, right? Is because he... Exactly. And he doesn't consider white kids poor kids. And right. there's more poor white kids than there are. But are y'all aware of where this happened? School us. Let us know. <laughs> It For was, those who are listening at yeah. home. Y'all, I don't know if I can say this about Don't tell me it was at the NAACP. Please don't. No. Close. Please. Oh, God. Close. It was before I think the, I'm get sick. It was before the Asian and Latino Commission. Of course it was. In Des Moines, Iowa. It's so crazy. Joe, what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. Just like, really, like, I was like, I'm not even there and this makes me want to poop on his behalf. You know when you get the nervousness? <laughs> and something has just been blundered so bad and you, you get the bubble guts. That's how I felt when I watched this. I was like, you know what? This is making me nervous. I couldn't even watch the video. I saw this line in the Atlantic that was talking about it. It said, mm-hmm. Biden's underleaning. Biden's? 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 Underleaning. I can't speak. Bartender. May I have some more, please? Bartender. Do you want a shot of tequila now, Ray? Might as well. Bartender. May I have some more, please? Yes. To get a sport of tequila. These margaritas are so good, drunk delegates. This podcast is not working. I need today. a little more margarita to fix my tongue. The tannin. I don't. I don't think that that's how it's working for you tonight. Your tongue is going the Joe Biden way today. So Biden's underlying schema was the one minted in the era of guess who's coming to dinner, where being accomplished, poised, and well spoken was seen as remarkable in a black man. In white men, by contrast, those traits were seen as signs of basic middle-class maturity. Joe has had these problematic moments before because when he was describing Barack Obama, he was like, and you know he's different because he's actually eloquent and he's actually well-spoken. And we talked about this before. It, it, it's the little microaggressive things that he hasn't been able to get rid of. So maybe it was a Freudian slip. I don't know, but I just want him... Joe, when you go to these things, boo, just just listen. Just sit there, let them talk to you, and you just chime in with the uh-huh, mm-hmm, once in a while. And then try not to get yourself in, in trouble, It's because you're just a mess. So, Mishy, how is it, and Ray, how is it that he is still carrying a large, in the poll numbers, a large percentage of African Americans when he makes these slip-ups? Because it's the Obama factor. Okay. Because... But generally... And they just, they give him a pass? It's not that they give him a pass. It's the devil you know, so to okay. speak. He's had an eight-year tenure as a vice president. 
He's been under this president. People know him. He has the familiarity. They link him close to the President Obama who vouched for him. And that goes a very long way. Like yeah. he he's not for nothing. He knows what he's doing when he's dropping like, Obama oh, he's not here. Really and there. gonna do anything bad to us. Because he when he served under Obama, he really didn't do anything other than stand with President Barack Obama yeah. and be this vice president for this president we were all deathly afraid for. And it seemed like he had yeah. someone with him who had that political tenure, who stood by his side. So we felt like he he had an ally, and we appreciated yeah. him for that. And so there's a little of that residual of like, well, he had Barack's back when okay. it mattered. So people feel like they have someone. Yeah, that's why he has more trust than, say, Kamala Harris. Okay. In instances like this. Because with, with black folks, you know, especially for a certain demographic, they know that older white people are going to say some fuck shit. But they that's look at what saying. he's done, yeah. and they take in what, the tenure that he's served under Barack Obama more seriously than anything else. And, and they're like, well, when it comes down to it, he, he is was, going to... And I think that's be. what's been helping okay. him. Yes. Okay. So they're not looking in the micro. They're looking in, in the, the grand. Yes. yes. But is that... Is there an age difference in that? Because I'm just... I'm wondering about about like 18 to 30. Age. 18 to 30. So people my age right now don't even trust the Democratic Party. They're black... Young black people of color do not trust the Democratic Party. So they have mad voter apathy right now. Yeah. But that reliable base, that's that's his base. That's Biden's base. Yeah. The voting base. The, the voting base, the, which is like black and, women, upper 20s, mm-hmm. 30s, and above. That yep. That's the base right we'll there. Stay alive for five hours. Yeah. Yep. So. That's their vote. I mean, okay. give him enough time. I'm sure he'll find a way if he keeps going in this direction. <laughs> Joe. Like, I, I just worry... This problematic language, I just worry that it's going to have the effect of people choosing an independent to vote for versus him. I just worry about that. that not not black people. Oh, yeah. It's I'm definitely going to be the white voters who are going to yes. do that because that particular base is It'll so loyal. It'll be their protest vote for the, for the black man. For I'm gonna, right. And I'm like... No. Yeah, white liberals tend to be more outraged about these things on other people's <laughs> behalf than people who are actually because we see the bigger picture, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's one of the things that well, it's we're white gonna, saviorism, right? It's it one is. of the yes. things that's going to happen here is that that base that Joe has, they're, they're loyal. Like they've been loyal to the Democratic Party. They're gonna ninety two percent come out every single time. Yeah. And then even even with Hillary, she saw a little drop with black men. It killed her a little bit, but even then, it was still like. 85% of black men that came out and voted for her. Yeah. So it's he risks, you know, alienating that white lady vote that's so finicky. All right. Any other fuck shit that any, the Democrats enough. have done? I don't know. <laughs> I think, I yeah, man, I don't feel like I heard from very many of the candidates. There was the thing with Julian Castro where he shared the, he shared a the list of people yes. who were supporting. I know. And I was going to share it on my page this week. And I just, yeah, I dropped the ball on that. But he shared a tweet, somebody else's tweet, that gave a list of Trump donors in the San Antonio area. It was, it was and, a pretty good list. And then these people started receiving, and I know I'm giggling here, and it's not funny for anybody to receive violent or death threats no, or anything like that. No, But I'm just like, it's public knowledge. But I know not everybody knows how to look that up. Right. right. In a way, there's a difference to me between public knowledge and then educating the masses. Putting the knowledge out there for everyone. Right, for people to see. And it was really incredible because there were some people that I didn't, I mean, I, look, listen. I'm not on that list. In and out, listen to me. 
Honey, when it comes to the animal style double double, y'all fuck shit up, baby. And that shit is delicious. And then I know y'all like to print them Bible verses under them cups, boo. So I knew, but I did not know. Okay. So when I You're saw, like they're from California. I'm like, what the fuck? But you this know? Is, is this a franchise though? They're, no, they're not a franchise. They're one hundred percent family owned. Oh, they are still okay. Yes, okay. they they don't because they want to be able to put them Bible verses under the cups, and they make so much money that they don't need to franchise shit. Yeah. So everything that they open, they own. But I was a little shocked. I was like, "This is not the Lord's. The Lord does not want you to do this." Yeah. I was like, "Why are y'all on this list?" I was. So all y'all Texans that keep eating that trash, take your happy ass back to Waterbury. <laughs> Chick-fil-A was still there. Because Whataburger donated to Beto. <laughs> Chick-fil-A right. was still there. A problematic fave. Mm. Look, here's the difference. That's not shocking. At least Chick-fil-A's food is good. In and out is trash. That is not true. I will fight you. That, I actually, will fight you. America disagrees with you, right? America disagrees with you. That's because ta- that's because Whataburger is not in a lot of different states. No, that's because Whataburger is fucking trash. Ooh. You get the fuck out of this oh, house. Right that now. is what it is. I said Going it. Fight me. Fight me. Bite your tongue. Fight me. Bite your tongue. Get out of this damn house. <laughs> okay, who else is on the list? Hold on. Pause right here not so water. I can pull it up. Not Whataburger. <laughs> if y'all agree with us that Whataburger beats in and out you better comment below. We don't need any more. Forget Democrats versus Republicans. The important thing. Who the fuck eats shoestring french fries? Do you know what they taste like? Do you remember those canned shoestring potatoes that are like, you get in the thing? Yeah. Tastes like they took those and warmed them up in a microwave. (laughs) Oh, well, because they're made of real potatoes? That offends you? Because you're used to that processed bag shit that they make in the back of the Whataburger factory. You call no, that real potatoes. Not, no, they're not. They're I think it's like real with a capital R and a T. No, apparently the they actually peel them shits from scratch, y'all. Okay, well, they do something strange to them that alter the taste. Well, when you're really used to them. eating processed fries. I've had a fucking potato in my day. You sure? You sure? Because it's not, it's not showing right now. Hold on. Look. My husband and I one day made the trip to Allen, Texas. Sat in Alan, line. Allen, Allen went to Allen, Texas. <laughs> yes. Sat in line. I don't know what his name is. Sat in line in the drive-thru for over an hour to get this stupid burger that has a secret menu so you can get that animal double style XX. Wow, the fuck somebody's salty. We order that with the jacked up french fries, sit there, barely make it through our burger, couldn't finish the fries. I was like, these are disgusting. They're gross. They're so delicious. And we finished, and then I said, take me to Whataburger. So uh, what I have here was, this This isn't actually Joaquin's list, okay. but this is also a list of all the places we like to eat, and this is from a tweet that was posted by a person on Twitter, and the original Twitter was by a guy whose handle is at Bill Bob Sanders, who made a very funny joke saying, so here's a list of companies supporting Trump's re-election, and basically saying, so if you see me starting to get thinner in tones, don't ask me why, <laughs> because this is a very interesting list. I will give you guys some guesses, just to see how, because I've already given you one, I gave you in and out uh-huh. and then you want to take another guess, who do you think is going to be on here? Um, is this, are these family owned restaurants still? Some are or? franchises. Okay. So I'm going to go with McDonald's. Yes. That's absolutely. correct. Of Abs- course. Absolutely. Of course. Chick-fil-A. Uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. 
Domino's? No. Papa John's? Nope. What? Uh, uh, Steak and Shake? No. All right, we're bad at Think of some, some of the Texas staples. Oh, okay, Dairy. Well, Dairy Queen, but no, that's not. I didn't, but Dairy Queen's not on here. So we got There's Bang, Texas. which I've never heard of Bang before. No. I don't know who that is. And then we have In and Out. We have Chick Fil A. We got Taco Bell. <laughs> we got McDonald's. We've got Wendy's. We've got KFC. Oh, you mentioned Pizza Hut. I missed them. They're on here. No, I said it, I said Papa John's. Yeah. Oh, you said Pizza Hut. No, I said Domino's. Okay, yeah. So that would have been the next one. Olive Garden, Waffle House, IHOP, and Carl's Jr. And those were the. And are those? But the do list. they do they say that those are like cor- those are the corporate? So the, they're not all based in Texas. No, they're not all based. This is not just a Texas list. Okay. I was just saying for you to think of some of the staples that we have here. Oh, okay. But some of the brands reached out and basically were like, some of the people, the companies, said that they don't make political, you know, donations to candidates. So what I have spokesperson say that we're about pancakes and not politics. And IHOP as a brand is not involved in providing financial support to either side of the aisle. So so how did their name end up on a donor list? What I think what happens here is that some of these may be associated with either a PAC or maybe someone who is prominent on those companies has like donated CEO and then it just got tied like to the to the. They're on the board. Because when yeah. we donate, on the board. Well, players. and here's the other thing too. Like Taco Bell and KFC is actually owned, is actually under an umbrella of a bigger yeah. company. Right. Okay. Um, same thing with Carl's Jr. They're under an umbrella of a, of a restaurant group that yeah. owns several different concepts. Right. Because the same thing is happening in the in the restaurant, fast food industry, all that stuff that happens in everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Where you basically have like three or four, maybe five different restaurant groups that own everything. Right. And so this guy posted a link to Open Secrets. For those who don't know at home, Open Secrets is basically where you can go, type in a candidate's name, and find out who is funding their campaign. And he posted the link to Open Secrets as the evidence. I haven't combed through any of the donors to see if they're actually here. Yeah. But I will do that, and then I'll, maybe I'll give an an online update later on. Okay. Of if they're truly on here, but he linked Open Secrets, which is a very reliable source for this type of information. You can go see who are the packs that are donating. Mm. Who, like you know, that's where you find out. If your particular representative has been particularly resistant to any form of universal health care, you can go on there to see who are the health insurance companies who are donating to him, who are the gas companies. It's all on there. It can't be hidden because campaign finance rules says everything has to be transparent so we know where all the money is coming from in most cases, you know. You ready, Ray? I'm ready. One, two, three. You, you an, an asshole, asshole, baby. You an asshole. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. It was actually really on point this week. We Good job, ladies. Good job. Hey, episode 20. Woohoo! We're finally getting... I said we would get it down and we got it down. We got it down. It's probably the tequila. Bwah, 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 bwah. <laughs> So, this week's asshole goes to state rep Candace Keller. Oh, Candace. From Ooh. Butler County, Ooh. a small city 30 miles south of Dayton, where you guys know oh. there was a current shooting. And you ask me why Candace is getting asshole of the week. I can only imagine. Candace getting asshole of the week. Candace says, and I quote, the breakdown of the traditional American family, thank you transgender homosexual marriage and drag queen advocates, fatherlessness, a subject no one discusses or believes is relevant, the ignoring of violent video games, 
the relaxing of laws against criminals and open borders, the acceptance of recreational marijuana, oh. failed school policies, hello parents who defend misbehaving students, a disrespect to law enforcement, thank you Obama, hatred for our veterans, thank you professional athletes who hate our flag and national anthem, the damn Congress, many members of whom who are anti-Semitic, the culture which totally ignores the importance of God and the church until they elect a president, state officers who have no interest whatsoever in learning about our Constitution and the Second Amendment, and snowflakes who can't accept a duly elected president are all people to blame for the mass shootings. So basically, she named everyone but the people she should have been naming, including yes. people like herself. Right. This is the word of white Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> and this is this type of whataboutism that is so Ooh. scary to me that when you're an elected official and people are dying and you use this moment to attack people who some are some of the most vulnerable in our population, you know, I don't remember the last time that I've seen a transgender person pick up a gun and go shoot anybody and state that as a reason. Most of these people are doing this because of white supremacy and hatred that is perpetuated by your shitty-ass president. And the fact that you go along with this type of bullshit makes you just as shitty, which is why everyone is welcoming your resignation because you've been asked to step down, and I hope that you take that advice and step down because with this kind of rhetoric, you definitely need to be sitting somewhere alone where you cannot infect everybody around you with this type of bigotry. This is so disturbing. Coming from an elected official, this is just days after which people are somber and mourning the loss of people. And you want to play the blame game and targeting people instead of finding solutions. You're creating more divide. Take and a seat, Candace. Have several fucking seats, Candace. And just, like, don't appear anywhere else anymore. Like, you can just... Go we, away. We, we will definitely... We will do a trade for you. For all of the asylees and for you to be in exile. Because we do... This, this, the very... this People accuse people who come across the border for being un-American. This is un-American. This goes against everything of what the foundation of this country is. This kind of thinking. It is very American to come here and seek a better life. To better yourself as a person and contribute to your community, which is what everybody who is seeking asylum is looking for. But it is people like you who have the privilege of being born here and everything handed to them who get to look and shit on everybody else because you think you're so much better than everyone else. You are what's rotting the culture from the inside out. You are what's problematic about this country. So you're an asshole and just don't let the door hit you on your way out. Congratulations. Wash yes, my ma'am. hands of your nasty. Thank ass. you, Missy. Absolutely. How much? You, how much? You know, I bet she like deleted. Was that a tweet? It was a Facebook post. Did she delete that Facebook she post like fifteen seconds after she posted it? Did not delete it from what I saw, oh. but there could be an update because massive outcry of resignation rang across the nation. It was like, "Bitch, you got to go." So. Here's to hoping. Keep applying that pressure. We'll uh, we'll uh, do a, a follow up maybe on our next pod. She's, maybe we will have she's something. Been, yeah, she's, she's been shown the dome. <laughs> so as always, always and forever. What's that? I don't remember. Is that the whispers? Is it the whispers? There's like a couple. There's yeah. like always and forever. forever. Moment with you is just like a dream to me. <laughs> 
We like to That's end. some of <laughs> true. <laughs> Ray's tasty. And I know tomorrow. Stop. <laughs> no, it's good. It's it's good to end our next segue of We're we're Ray's. doing a, a Joe Budden podcast thing. They always play <laughs> they always play outstanding after they've talked about something very heavy. So then they get Charlie Wilson to come in there and sing outstanding for like a good two minutes just to cleanse the air. <laughs> Girl, you knock me out. Girl, you knock me out. We got two old 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s references. That's pretty good, y'all. No, it's great because we always like to end on a good note. We do. With, we do. with you know, raise, bear the day. Day, baby, day. Day, bear the day. Bye, Ray. What you got for us, Ray? Well. Who you got for us? We have an action hero. Oh, girl, Ooh. honey, love me some action, honey. And then a little Jason Statham, a little The Rock, a little, you know, yeah. Yes. Well known for playing villains, actor Danny Trejo. Many of y'all may know him as Machete. He's done a lot of movies with that character. He got the chance to be a real-life hero on Wednesday when he helped rescue a young special needs child who was trapped in an overturned car. Oh, crap. Yeah. Trejo happened to be in the area when two cars collided... And one of the cars overturned onto its roof, and there was a young kid that was strapped, a young child, who was trapped inside, strapped into a car seat. Treo and another bystander helped rescue the child. He crawled into the overturned wreckage from one side, but he couldn't unbuckle the child's car seat from that angle. So the other bystander, who was a young woman, she crawled in from the other side of the overturned vehicle and was able to undo the buckle. Treo was then able to get the baby out of the car seat and pulled safely from the wreckage. Oh, wow. I know. And while this was happening, the boy's grandmother remained trapped in the driver's seat, and firefighters had to use equipment to free her. And so Treo says that while the firefighters were working to free the woman, he was trying to distract the boy. And he has worked with special needs children before, so he knows how to keep the little boy calm. He said, he was panicked. I said, okay, we have to use our superpowers. So he screamed, superpowers! And we started yelling, superpowers! I said, do this with the muscles. And he said, muscles! Oh, so cute! And you can picture this big guy who looks scary. You know? It's a Latino dude who's muscle-bound and older and and it's got tattoos and covers. I mean, it's been like... He's a badass. He's a badass who's played a lot of villains. And so he just has that look, you know? But he's a big teddy bear. He, he is. is. Such a, I love he him. He is. And he said, we got kind of a bond, and I kept facing him away from the accident. So the Los Angeles Fire Department says that three people were transported to a hospital, and luckily there were no life-threatening injuries. The cause of the accident is under investigation, but Trejo says he saw it. And to him, it appears like the other driver ran the red light and smashed into the car with this young boy and his grandmother. He had some advice for motorists and parents. Make sure you pay attention. And then the only thing that saved that little kid was his car seat, honest to guard, because they were upside down. I mean, that kid would have been dead. Yeah. Wow. And so just a couple more things about Trejo. Danny Trejo is 75 years old, which, oh my God. What? He does not look 75. I had to fact check that. I thought I could have sworn he was like maybe late 40s at best. He's so in shape and impeccable shape. I was thinking 50s because it's someone that's kind of in their mid to late 40s. I was like, he looks a little older. He looks a little older. (laughs) We all look old to Michi. Right? I know. And he grew up in LA. He lives in the San Fernando Valley. He's made a career of playing tough guys and villains. 
and he's most often identified for his character of Machete, who's been in several Robert Rodriguez films. But in recent years, he's also branched out into the food business. I didn't oh. realize this. He has a taco restaurant and a mm. Hollywood donut shop. And just to wrap things up, the last thing he said about in his interview is that everything good that has happened to me has happened as a direct result of helping someone else. Oh. Everything. Wow. Yeah. What an awesome guy. Yeah. If only his we could all live by that. His backstory is really cool. Like, he served time in prison mm-hmm. before becoming an actor. Yeah. I remember so, watching an interview with him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Very grounded yeah. guy who is very grateful for all the success he's had, you know, since since that time. Oh, well, that really brightened yeah. my day. Yeah. Good for you, Danny. You just keep so on being Danny. Awesome. Danny Trejo. You are the bay of the day. Just so bay. <laughs> you go, bay. All right, ladies. That's all. That's, That's all she wrote. Oof. I know, right? After a bottle of tequila. I, oh my God. God. Literally. <laughs> the entire bottle. Should we do shots? Are we going to no, shoot? No. Are you, are you guys no, down I for can't. The, I can't yeah, do it. My yeah. liver. All right. Y'all are we? Stay tipsy, my friends. Boom. I love our new glasses. I do too. These are beautiful. These are so cute. And they're, not, they have a, they're heavy. They're hefty. They have a good. Yeah. They have a good weight to them, so I don't feel like they're going to tip over. Mm-hmm. You know, margarita glasses are always like really thin. Mm-hmm. The plastic, the plastic ones. Or, or glass, right? And they're, they're stainless steel, so they keep. They're going to keep mm-hmm. it cold. And we got lens. Thanks for listening to Drunk Bitches in Politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAP Pod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.